Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Nice. All lights are green? I think so. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do a podcast and hope it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to In The Pocket, the bass guitar podcast where we get the lowdown on the low end. My name's Johnny, a totally average bass player, and each week I'm joined by a different co-host to talk all about that bass. So this week I'm very lucky to be joined by the brilliant, the beautiful YouTuber and bottom end boy for bands such as Jake and the heist and deep love. It's Andrew Michael Pincock, aka AMP, the bass player. Andrew, welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you? I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much for making this work. Of course, of course. Half you know, we the had world a world apart. I know. We found a time where our, our worlds collided and and worked together. So yeah. thank you so much for making the time to be here. Of um, course. And yeah, for those those that don't know, uh, or I'm sure you do know. If you're if you hey, if you're watching my channel, you you know Andrew's stuff. AMP the bass player. By the way, yeah. first time I saw your channel, uh, I didn't realize that that was your initials, and I was like, yeah, amp that bass player. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is a, a pretty common thing. Like people like IRL will will say, oh yeah, it's amp over here. I'm like that's that's not what I okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, and I, I just realized I totally shot myself in the foot with like SEO. Like, oh, absolutely. Uh, amp, yeah. Base. Like, no, not base amps. I want the guy. Like, no, nobody's ever going to find me, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, I've made my bed. I'm going to sleep in it. You should have just gone with Pincock, the bass player. <laughs> Ugh, nice. No. In fact, I, I avoid, like, I avoid my last name quite a bit because oh. I just think it's, it sounds weird. Hey. So, like, when, when I get introduced on stage with my bands, I just say, just, just Andrew. Andrew is fine. Just Andrew. <laughs> Mine is not much better. You know, I get called... <laughs> Growing up, I was Rubber Johnny Dribble. And that is, oh, not, no. a, that is oh. not a name you want to be called. I've unleashed that onto the world now. I've never said that before. <laughs> oh. Well, we'll edit that out. Nobody nobody can know. <laughs> exactly. I can edit in. I could edit in like the most wonderful compliment about myself in place. There, and they'd be like, wow, that's a really great name that they used to call you, Johnny the Great. Yeah. Um, so each week, uh, we like to get to know our co-hosts on here by asking them three simple questions that normally ends up taking the majority of the podcast. So, uh, you know, feel free to go hell for leather on these ones. Um, so the first question is three simple words to describe your bass playing. <sighs> three words. The, the, the first one that springs to mind is adequate. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> maybe let's see. Another word would be um, overambitious. <laughs> is, is I, I do know uh, over, yeah, overambitious. You can hyphenate it. I don't, I don't sure. Know. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll let it slide. <laughs> and then 
think the last one would be improving. That's really not, you know, very modest for a modest <laughs> list there. I thought you were going to be like, really, really great. <laughs> no, I, I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. Well, if you're not your own worst critic, then you're maybe not like listening to yourself very much. And I, <laughs> oh, well, why do you think of my intro? I say a totally average <laughs> bass player. Because that's self-awareness. That That's probably the, the best quality that you can learn just as a human mm. is self-awareness. Like, where am I occupying space in this world and like how are my actions being perceived like i I started taking bass lessons for the first time in my entire life this year and in like that level of just like really listening to yourself and then like listening to other people like you you start to see that gap between like where you are and where you want to be like really fast absolutely and i think like it does take a certain level of i say self-awareness to to go yeah i'm going to take take lessons because it's you might think to like I would think to myself oh that's a defeat to myself that I need lessons you know but really you know you could be the best player ever and and, and still benefit from a lesson from someone else because you're just learning from other people yeah what, what's if, that if you're not the best bass player in the world you can always learn something off someone else oh absolutely absolutely what's the Bill Nye thing it's like everyone you meet knows something you don't uh, oh I love that yeah the the fellow that I was taking lessons from, um, Denson Angulo, he was the the guy in my acoustic bass video, but he's a PhD in bass. Like this guy's wow. whole entire like professional career and education is bass. He still takes lessons from people. Yeah, like wow. there's always Dr. something to bass. learn. That's so cool, being Doctor Bass. Yeah. Well, that's that's you know my. Uh goal for the future swords <laughs> um so those three words i love it adequate you know is that because you're like filling the role doing your bit or yeah yeah well i i was just actually listening back to some footage from uh my gigs over the weekend and you know yeah i i hear all these little things that that i could do better but i just know like on the whole like yeah i'm doing exactly what i need to here absolutely and you know we'll hear a bit of your playing later on uh and people would have hit, heard your playing in your videos you're fantastic bass player mate i love your work um so before you before you your head's too big to fit on the screen um <laughs> what is your number one bass oh it's got to be the Seric, oh, the, the Seric lincoln i mean <laughs> it's it's just everything about it is perfect and i just cannot like believe like every time that i pick it up it's just like it feels like I've been playing this thing my whole life, even though I've only had it for a couple months now. Like everything that I, I could have expected from that base is just incredible. I'm wearing, wearing the shirt right now too. <laughs> I did know I did clock that straight away. Yeah. I was like, yeah. somebody wants an endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, man. That's they, funny though, that Sarek doesn't do the do endorsements. You can be like well, a Sarek artist, but it doesn't sure. give you a discount. You just get to be on their website. Nice. Well, because uh, they're all custom, aren't they, the Cerex? Yeah, custom? well, not like truly custom. They're kind of in a, in a funny spot because like they have their, their models and they have options, but like there are limits to what the what they want to do, right? Jake, Jake is actually like, okay, when you put a deposit in, no more changes because people were getting like, oh, could, could we also add in a third pickup or, you know, like, oh. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah. Let's, let's just go back to the drawing board. Shall we let's yeah, start yeah. again? Reroute it. <laughs> oh, but that, it, it looks so cool. And I love just that, that like deep reddish color that's on it is beautiful with like yeah. gold highlights. Ah, oh. I'd never, honestly, I'd never been that 
interested in them until you got yours and since then i've been like okay i'm i'm listening now like i'm paying attention yeah what a beauty go and check it out on instagram everyone first plug you know (laughs) amp the bass player um so the last question is and it's quite a big question really is why did you pick up the bass what's the story so like a lot of bass players i started out on on guitar I guess technically before that, I started on piano. My mom had all all of me and my siblings playing piano from the time that we were eight. I think we started lessons, so like first grade. And then when I was like 13 or 14, I got a guitar for Christmas and I loved it. I, 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 I was spending like four to six hours a day playing guitar. Like I, I immediately like down tuned it to like drop C sharp so I could play System of a Down. Like <laughs> I just... Loved it. And I thought guitar was like the easiest thing too. like having all the fine motor skills from piano and just like just enough like musical background. Just like I just went for it. I loved guitar. That was my whole thing. And then uh, I got with some friends in high school and um, my other buddy was uh, also a guitar player. And then I had a friend that was a drummer. You know, you, you see the dilemma. So um, my drummer friend had had a bass set up, and so I was just like, oh, you know, whatever. I'll, I guess I'll, I'll play the bass. And we, you know, started hashing out like Nirvana covers and and whatever. And at that point, I hated bass. <laughs> Didn't want anything to do with it. It was just like I, w- I want to be the flashy guy playing guitar out front. You know, I don't want to be sitting back here only have four string. And like, I just like really didn't take to the instrument at all. And I graduated high school, and then I was. Um, going to college in another town and I went to a music store and I just happened to, to pick up a bass. Just, yeah, why not? I haven't played bass in a while. And like 30 seconds, someone comes up. It's like, Hey, you want to be in my band? And I was like, <laughs> you know, I guess if, if I want to, if I want a gig, maybe I'll just be a bass player. And so I, I actually ended up buying the bass that I was demoing there, got an amp and then kind of jammed with a couple of guys in college. It didn't ever like actually turn into anything, but then, um, the thing that really lit the fire under me was, uh, do you listen to No Doubt at all? Yeah. The, Not like the album. regularly, but uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So Tragic Kingdom. So back in, what was it, like 93 that album came out? Like when I was a kid and that came out, I, I remember thinking like, this is what my sister's like. I don't want to <laughs> you know, listen to that. But for some reason, when I was 18 years old, somebody like left that CD and the CD player, the car that I, I borrowed one time. And it was like, oh my God. This is incredible. Do you we hear what this guy is playing on the bass on this? The whole album, he's just going off. It's, it's Tony Canal, right? Excellent, excellent bass player. And from like that point on, I was like, I get it now. I totally get it. I'm going to be a bass player. And it was the best incredible. decision I ever made because now it's like my whole personality and I'm really annoying about it. <laughs> You're like, that's my whole spiel. Whenever somebody yeah. talks to me, that's all I want to talk about. <laughs> Pretty much. Ah. Uh, that's awesome and it's like i like the fact it's kind of that traditional guitar to bass but like you were still inspired by a particular player that then Mm -hmm. took off from there wasn't like fell into it that's awesome um i had a similar thing where like um (laughs) i was got reminded of this the other day when i was listening to elton john uh step into christmas and the bass line on that song is out of this world like i don't think the bass player even remembers what he's playing when he goes to play it again, because it's just, it sounds like it's just different the whole song. And I'm like, yeah, is anyone else hearing this? Oh my God. And everyone's just like, no, I don't know. I can just hear him singing. And I'm like, 
hold on. <laughs> he's, he's going hell for leather. Um, that so that I, that is something I mean. that that is really specific to musicians that I found because I I think you you want to like think that everybody perceives and understands the world like you do, but yeah. even just the ability to hear an individual instrument in a song is not something most people can do. It's no. so weird to me, and it means that you have this whole other level of appreciation. And like as songwriters, it's really interesting to think like, oh, how how do people write mainstream music then? Is it with that in mind of all the intricacies and how much just goes over people's heads, you know? Yeah. It's so interesting. Um, so you've got to where you are now. Are you full-time music now? No, I, I just have a regular day job, which is killing me right now. They've got us on 10 hour shifts and I'm like, I'd rather be doing literally anything else. I feel your pain, but at least we have like some people don't have the music. That's the thing, like, and they just do mm-hmm. the job. So we have to be grateful in that scenario. I'm in the same boat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I feel your feel your pain in that regard. But who knows? One day, uh, you know, Jake in the Heights. I see your stuff on Instagram all the time. It seems like you guys are all over the place gigging and doing really well. So yeah, well, we were super fortunate through through 2020. Everything shut down. And then we had a couple places that would hire us, you know, through the summer. We did a lot of private parties. We gigged more in 2020 than we'd ever have, which was wow. ludicrous. That's Somehow amazing. never caught COVID, but everybody else yeah. in the band did at one point. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, your time's coming. It's not too late. I'm vaccinated. <laughs> I'm careful. I'm masking yeah. up. <laughs> Me too. You got to wear that mask, baby. Okay. So we've gotten to know you now and that's the end of the podcast thank you so much and yeah, goodbye yeah. that was easy <laughs> <laughs> who cares um no we're gonna move on to our first question so our first question comes from dave the bass on youtube it's an actual bass um, which is amazing. I don't know how he's typing. Um, it says, very simply, OLP versus Sterling. Which is the better Music Man clone? Now, uh, OLP, it doesn't stand for official licensed product or something like that? Yep. They they were real creative with that one. Yeah, absolutely. I only learned that recently and was like, <laughs> was that a joke? It's like somebody that surely this forum's having me on. But no, that is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um and Sterling actually stands for super terrific, everything right, lovely, interesting, uh <laughs> never good. <laughs> oh tripped um, at the finish line. Oh, oh, oh. um <laughs> Yeah, so OLP basically it's like it's like the old version of Sterling, really, isn't it? Where the, mm-hmm. or they were licensed out by Music Man to make copies, basically clones of of their bases, and obviously they're not they're not around anymore. Um, but you still see them cropping up uh, secondhand all over the place, and they're still pretty affordable. Like here in the UK, they're like two to three hundred pounds, I think. Uh, what's the kind of average market like for you? Yeah, that's what I've seen, like two to three hundred. They they used to pop up quite a lot more like three, four years ago, and I haven't seen one in quite a while. I've actually never played one, so I, I, I really couldn't say one way or the other whether or not they were good. I heard I heard of such mixed things. Yeah, that's exactly the same as me. Um weirdly I see a lot of more of the five strings popping up in the UK. 
Don't know why. Oh, weird. I don't um, even remember that they made the five strings. They always kind of sounds like the electronics are a bit weak. I always think um, it kind of seems like a, a, it seems like a rip off Music Man. I always think uh, I don't have a glowing opinion of them but that being said like you said i've not actually played one so they might be fantastic and i'm sure they are really really good for the money um but i've i very much detached them from music man and don't think they're really that comparable um mm-hmm. sterling are kind of different beasts in that you know you can get a sterling that is what the sub range is around 300 400 pounds here and then you can go all the way up to the um, more expensive ranges you're getting over a thousand pounds you know you're getting up to american made uh prices for all made in indonesia mm-hmm. um so uh, you know because now they're kind of like the the squire to fender whereas i don't know if olp was ever really considered the squire to fender for music man no not really um it was like but- you're gonna copy our bases and we're gonna say we're okay with it <laughs> yeah exactly it's like you yeah. do your thing but make sure they're not as good don't make them don't make them as good please <laughs> i um, probably didn't have to tell them <laughs> no exactly um i would that that being said i would really like to try one because although like i don't really have a glowing opinion on one that's just come from purely like speculation and reading stuff online and like you mm-hmm. said there is there does seem to be like this love hate towards them i think like some people sing their praises and are like these are the best things ever and then some people are like, yeah, like they're okay, they're fine, but like don't expect the the great American made feeling uh mm-hmm. from a from a you know a normal stingray from Music Man. So uh which is better, which is a better clone? I would be, you know, <laughs> it's it's all subjective, but I would be tempted to say Sterling because of my experience with it. They're still going and they will keep going. Uh yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what Sterling do next. And yeah, I've not really got that bad things to say about them. I loved the um, the Ray 24CA that I had. I say had because it's now gone. Um, I've right. sold my Stingray, uh, which I'm don't know really how I'm feeling about it. To be honest, um, I feel like there's a gap in my life now, honestly. <laughs> and I'm yeah. already looking at new Stingrays. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, i totally feel yeah because i feel like i just need that like high-end clarity punch that uh that it provides and mm-hmm. i've you know i've got uh, i've got the gnl l2000 here but um I, to be fair i haven't tried it with like brand new strings or like my set of strings on it yet so i, I i'll hold back my words on that but the neck of a stingray i don't know they're just nothing compares yeah they do make a nice feeling neck yeah blooming nice i mean i don't know what the serics like that's probably again another (laughs) level of like nice feeling (laughs) you're like you know nothing compares but (laughs) i i i have i've got a script written out for like our expensive base is worth it because i've i've got everything from the low end up up to to that Mm. and it's you know, like, what does your money get you at, at each tier? I think that's kind of an interesting thing. And to to the the Sterling versus Stub uh, discussion, the I've I've tried dozens and dozens and dozens of Stingrays trying to to find like the right one. And the one that I found that I liked the most was a Sterling. Is it the Sub Four, whatever it is? Yeah, but yeah, I, I got it for like two hundred and fifty bucks because it had a big old piece of damage in the bottom of it. 
And yeah, that's frankly one of the best stingrays I've ever held, and it was cheap. So wow, that's amazing. Even is that against like America? Is this just Sterling's or against American ones as well? <laughs> yeah, it's the Sterling bottom of the barrel ones. Yeah, wow. Yep, that's so cool. I love that. And yeah, and I it, take away the badge on the top and take away your eyes playing and, and sounds like uh, Anderton's put out a great video the other day where they had um, Rob Chapman playing like the new player plus guitars blindfolded and then like swapping it out for the ultra to compare like whether your eyes are actually having that much of an impact on, on what you think. And when he played it blindfolded, he was like, yeah, this is definitely the expensive one both times on a telly and a strat. And he got it wrong. And then when he had the blindfold off and tested it, he was like, yeah, this is definitely the cheap one that I said it was the cheap one. And he was wrong again, you know, so it just shows. And he, you know, he's got an incredible, like him or not, he's got an incredible ear. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it just goes to show how much your eyes uh, impact that. So, you know, yeah. and, and, and anytime anybody asks like, what, what base should be my first base? And the best advice you can get is get one that you think looks cool doesn't it doesn't one, matter what kind it is yeah like just get 100%. one that inspires you to play that is the most important thing tones that is always what I whatever say. forget about it just yeah 100 um and like you can you can offer advice like yeah get something passive or something that's simple and all this but i think that is the the most important thing is I, hell i think that's the most important thing for me now <laughs> right i love it because i i love the aesthetic of guitars and just like having them on the wall obviously i love playing them but um yeah it, it's it goes beyond just beginner i think that like you've got to have something you think damn i want to play that right now i'll see guitars online that i'm like yeah that looks so good i and you i know how it's going to sound and I'll, i can just it inspires you to play differently even just the look of it and the mm-hmm. feel of it so yeah that's that's stunning advice darling um <laughs> We've gone on uh, a whole roller coaster there on that question, and we probably haven't even answered it. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what people tune in for on this podcast. So let's <laughs> move on to the news. <laughs> so the news. This week, um, we've had a couple of uh, bits of gear being announced, um, and there's, I, I swear there's more. I, when I wrote down this list, I was like, I feel like I'm missing something. Um, but we'll go through them and see if I remember throughout. I might be lying to myself. So, first up, Dark Glass have launched a new version of the Alpha Omega, the Alpha Omega Photon. Now, basically... Uh, it's their Adam pedal, but the Alpha Omega circuit instead. It's very much the same looking as the Adam, which was uh, Nolly's uh, signature distortion and fuzz and everything in one pedal. Um, but they've done it with the Alpha Omega, which I think is interesting and not disappointing. But um, when I saw them say Photon, I was like, oh, what is this going to be? This is so interesting. Wow. Like, like you know, you're a good company or good at marketing when you make everybody think that when they launch something, they're like, oh, what's it going to be? Um, and I'm not that much of like a dark glass fanboy either, but I was still excited. Um, yeah. And when they said it was that, I was like, oh, 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 is it? Okay. Oh, but that's still pretty cool to be fair thinking about it. Um, now, I actually don't know the complete ins and outs of this, but... 
I do think it is a good advancement on the um, Alpha Omega, even the Alpha Omega like Ultra, because for those listening that might not know what it is, the Alpha Omega is uh, it is two distortion uh, like settings, two different distortions in one. And you've kind of got a blend knob that you can go between the two, the Alpha or the Omega. So you can kind of get a whole range of sounds really out of this one blend knob. But of course, people might want to use those separately together and switch between the two, you know. So then you you could have three different sounds, the full blend of this one, the full blend of the other one, half in the middle, both of them, you know, all of this. So this new version has three uh, stomps on it, three switches that you can go between them all and and beyond. And there's even more parameters on this one. So it is a good advancement on the original, I think. But uh, but yeah, it's going to be expensive, as they all are, I think. Let me double check. This is really good. I've done all of my research, you can see. Yeah, wasn't uh, the, the formerly known as Adam, wasn't it like 600 or 700? It was really expensive. So yeah. I remember thinking like, ooh, nope, nope, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh, what? Okay, so I can see that the... The photon here is, yeah, it's about the same price. It's £444. British pounds sterling. And the um, the Adam is yeah, about the same price, a little bit more expensive, maybe. Mm. But yeah, pretty much looking at the same price. And God, this, it's just so expensive, those things. And personally, I can't see myself... Get investing in something like that because with distortions, I find myself chopping and changing quite a lot, or like mm. finding a new thing or going off of it and wanting something else. But with that, that's such a big investment to make. You've really got to want it and keep it. Yeah. Um, well, so. and I think you'd probably end up with the the whole like sunk cost fallacy thing. Like if it didn't end up really working for you, you'd be like, "But I paid so much money for it. I got to make it work." Yeah, absolutely. That that often makes me feel worse when something's not working. I've paid loads of money for it because I'm like, oh, God, what's wrong with me? <laughs> I can't make this nice thing work or sound good. Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I had that whole whole thought process when it comes to like loads of digital things. Um, I'm quite an analog person or a pedal guy. Um, yeah. And I've got the Line 6 HX Stomp sat in front of me right now. Uh, and I've taken it off of my board because I started getting a bit of that. Um, but uh, I still use it for videos and stuff. So it still functions right. I did a whole video yeah. on it. If anyone listening wants to listen to that, go, go and check that out. But uh, but yeah, I could definitely see myself, <laughs> if I bought that weeks down the line, being like, well, <laughs> guess I'm going to sell it now. Yep. Um, but yeah, it, it's cool nonetheless. It sounds like I'm like, not having a good time with this. I, well, Don't it's the different. It's the difference of being like you know. We're always just excited for new gear in general because new is fun. It doesn't even matter like what it is. It's just like ooh, cool new stuff. Like that's maybe that's not for me, but like that's still neat because like where I'm at right now, like basically playing like weddings and bar band stuff and like lots of like oldies and funk. Like there's just there's just no spot for like a super crazy overdrive in in my whole setup. So it's good to not where i'm at right now yeah no absolutely and i kind of preferring um kind of more vintage or transparent sounding distortions where dark glass sometimes isn't great for that or like the mm. dark glass pedals i've had in the past have been very much here's the dark glass sound and i'm like that is phenomenal 
but not for me. That's yeah. not what I want. And I want to hear my bass, like the tone of my bass underneath, not just the dark glass sound. Yeah. Um, that being said, I've got a dark glass, uh, the vintage ultra on my board right now, but, um, oh, hey. uh, but that is the first one that I've had that kind of gives me that. And it's it's the vintage sounding one. So it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's up my street a bit more. Um, but yeah. Hey, dark glass. If you're listening, I, I love it. Please send it to both of us. We both <laughs> really want it and could really use it. Okay. So yes, yes. <laughs> um, okay. Let's move on to um, the next bit of news, which is, uh, Another pedal announcement, which is from, or not announcement, they announced it a couple of weeks ago, but it's coming out soon. You can now pre-order it as of today, I think it is, the time of recording. Mm-hmm. The new Harley Benton Multi-Effects, the, the DNA Effects GIT Pro. Um, now the name Catch just your name. Makes, <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, the name just makes me laugh because it's the Git Pro. <laughs> and... <laughs> And, you know, I wondered if that was gonna. I didn't know if that was like a really British thing, being a git. But oh, a hundred percent is. That's that's not a word that I ever hear. But I it's but I know it well enough. <laughs> so it's right up my alley. Clearly oh, already, man. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so this is basically Harley Benton's. Um, it's like their HX stomp. It's their their boss gt was it 100 or 1000 it's their like multi-effects unit that is a amp modeler and everything all in one everything you could ever want um it looks pretty comprehensive uh taking a look at it um it's got a volume pedal which obviously can be switched out for whatever effect you need it to be whether a wire or turning on a distortion you can use it for that um and it's got more than six patches that you can like patch slots you know that you can have um which is really impressive i think and you know it looks like it's ticking all the boxes or trying to compete with line six and everyone else that's done one of these um, yeah, but in, at an affordable price, price. point mm-hmm. yeah well it's what like here it's like 250 pounds i think it is for us um, yeah right around there and uh yeah so it's it's actually a bit more expensive than i thought it would be um but I feel like Harley Benton are slowly like upping their prices a bit uh, based on their reputation that they've built up, which is, you know, fair enough. And mm-hmm. obviously prices are going up as it is so, uh, manufacture and uh, ship things across the world. So I get that. I get that side of it. Um, and I'm not moaning about the price. It's bloody cheap for what it is, I imagine. Um, what's worrying me um, is that I've put it in here as a news item, but there's yet been no mention of base on this thing. Now, I think that they would be very silly not to have it feature-based stuff. Um, but of course, the guitar market is, you know, their main their main cup of tea. That's yeah. what that's what they're mainly working with. But it's got 58 amp models in there, I believe, which is quite a lot. Um, so I imagine there will be some bass versions in there. Like, even if it's just like an Ampeg, a Mark bass, you know, an Aguilar, mm-hmm. like the main hitters um, if you like so yeah. I, and really I feel like as, does. as long as there's at least one base cabinet model you can make any of those amps work that's what i found with a lot of digital stuff like i work with amplitude quite a lot mm. and any of those amps will actually sound pretty good for bass as long as you have a base cabinet to work with 
Yeah, that's right. And you can load in your own custom IRs into this thing as well. So if you had an IR of, of a base cap that you've uh, captured or something like that, then you can use that. So there are there will be ways around it. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's exciting because I want to see what it's like. And I really hope it's good. But uh, they're being quite... I don't know. I would have thought they'd be like, for guitar and bass, you know, but they haven't mentioned that. And all the demos they put up have just been guitars. And I'm like, oh, please, please think of us. Yeah, don't, don't forget normally us, pretty bass players. Oh, we're just so sad. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's all my news items for this week. Um, if anybody sees any news items or something's come out that's brand new and like, oh my God, we need to hear Johnny and co-host talk about this on the podcast then just please just send them to me tag them to me connect with me talk with me on instagram at johnny dibble just send them over and uh we can talk about it uh so yeah let's move on to the next question this question comes from danger trammel i love that name danger travel uh on instagram it says what is your favorite effect to use on bass? Quite a wide open question. Um, quite, I'm quite a simple man. So, Andrew, I'll let, I'll let you take the floor first on this one. Favorite effect, if you had to choose. I mean, it's overdrive, isn't it? <laughs> bass just sounds way more fun and interesting with overdrive. I mean, yeah. like it, and it's usually like an always-on, subtle sort of a thing. Like, I've had a, a Tech 21 VT bass on my board for over a decade at this point and like that's the sound i want just that yeah. that little just a little bit of grind on it just a little bit and it's absolutely and it just help often helps it you'd be surprised how many tracks uh, actually have subtle distortion on that you didn't think it did you know mm-hmm. uh, um even a lot of like old motown stuff i found out people were saying like yeah there's a light bit of distortion on there i was like oh yeah really? just to make it poke out a bit and gel with the guitars yeah um, yeah they really overdrive like that. the the compressor or something to just give it that little bit of edge. I had a I had a drummer roommate in in college that that tried to tell me he's like I don't, I don't really like distortion on bass and it's like, bruh, your favorite band is Newfound Glory. What are you talking about? <laughs> don't like distortion. Like, no, what? Like, no, that's just all clean. That's all slap bass clean, right? <laughs> Newfound Glory, right? No, yeah. come on, man. Yeah, no, I. I love overdrive distortion. Fuzz, I'm just getting into. Fuzz is a bit different. I don't really treat it the same as the other two. It's yeah. like the it's like the middle child that's kind of a bit uh, forgotten. <laughs> um, that, no, I do love it. I do love it. But um, I definitely get more use out of the other two. And yeah, like my instant reaction to this question was distortion and overdrive. Yeah. Like that yeah. is that is the bread and butter. That's what I love to use. There's I never I'm never in a situation where I don't have that on my board. It's just a, it's just a go-to, um, and you know, I, I started looking at my board then, thinking, right, what do I have on here that is my favorite to use? You know, I've my always what we say always on effects uh, is a preamp and uh, and a compressor. You know, but I don't really consider those effects; they're more tools. I yeah, think, because yeah. I'm not they're they're giving me my my tone, you know, and then I use effects to add to sprinkle a bit of spice on top, you know, yeah, little bits like that. Um, so yes, 100%, it's, it's, it's going to be overdrive for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, some other ones that I thought are pretty fun, uh, for me, 
are chorus. I like a bit of chorus, um, but I use chorus mainly on if it's like a section that goes just to bass. If it's just like a little fill, it sometimes helps me uh, break out of the mix a little bit weirdly. You've got to kind of dial it in right so it doesn't suck all the low end out. But you, if you get the right pedal for it, like a bass specific chorus, like the, mm-hmm. the boss one's really good. Um, then it can kind of help do that a little bit. Of course, you can do that with distortion, but I do it in like a more subtle way. But then there's combining distortion and modulation like a chorus. And oh, that is my happy place. I absolutely love doing that. Um, and yet I still, I say all this, I still haven't made a song, well, I've made a song, but I still haven't like done a live performance where that's been useful. <laughs> but I just love it. I just love it. Um, my most recent obsession is distortion and a phaser oh yeah (laughs) and that is that is fun like not really for any kind of band mix situation of course not but like for like an in a bass intro or a verse or something like that uh yeah stuff like that is so fun and like you say like effects on bass and distortion kicking that on how could you not like it it's it's great um your board's looking pretty healthy and you've got that zoom with lots of stuff on it yeah well and and i don't use the zoom much live but i feel like it's just such a good way to understand sound so Mm. like when i do like those how to sound like videos like that's it's something that i wish like every bass player would do like you you'll find yourself by looking at other people in in a way um but yeah like for my regular board it's funny, I, I say Overdrive is my favorite because I actually have uh, two fuzz pedals on there. <laughs> <laughs> and mostly, like, I'm, I'm, I'm always stacking effects to get different things. So, like, um, we'll play, say, like, Superstition, which I believe was a synth bass originally. And so you stack um, an octave and a fuzz, and mm-hmm. then it just makes it sound like a big, you know, key synth. And then you can mix it. There have actually been nights where I look down at my board and I realize I have every single effect on right now. That's fun. So <laughs> it's like octave and then fuzz and a second fuzz and an uh, envelope filter and a chorus. And it's just like the sound guy's like, woo. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this is a recipe this? for destruction. <laughs> but I bet it sounds like just a wall of pain. Beautiful, beautiful pain. I mean, that oh, in a good yeah. way. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. Th- th- this that's like the last song we play at the very end of the night. So we've got people a lot up in the front, like jumping up and down. They're so hyped, and like they see me keep stomping on stuff, and it just gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, and yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh! <laughs> yeah, things you got to have two octave pedals now because one that's set to one octave down, one that's set to two octaves down. <laughs> no, <laughs> so I I need two so that I have the OC two sound and then the, also like the octave down sound because the OC two sound is just like that the the one octave down by itself. Yeah. which is really different from having both of those signals together so you're mm. clean and you're octave down. Yeah. Very different. Very different. Yeah, I've I've never I've honestly never experimented. I've never had a Boss OC2. I need to get one in my life. I might get the OC5 or something. The but OC5 then, is killer. Yeah, and that's and it sounds so good, but I it's one of those pedals that I go, "Damn, that sounds and like um envelope filters. I'm like, "Damn, they sound so good. I won't use it though." like it's, it's it's not but then maybe that's that maybe that's just my brain you know I, I should get it and then i'll discover a whole new world and, and a different way of playing and getting around it that's what's great about effects that it can you know even talking about guitar and i don't really want to talk about guitar <laughs> too much um 
because it makes me feel a bit, a bit sick. Um, but, you know, I'll be playing and I'll be like, ah, oh, not really feeling that inspired by what I'm playing right now. Put a bit of delay and reverb on it. Oh my God, you know, it transforms what you're doing and just inspires a whole, a whole new realm of potential. So yeah, effects, mm. big tick. We love them. We love yes. them. I'm, I, I don't think I'll ever be just like a straight in the amp guy. Um, I liked that kind of bit of a processed sound, especially with like a preamp on there that I can control the mid range. Uh, and of course you can do that on an amp, but yeah, no, I, just, I like pedals. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm, I'm addicted. <laughs> you say, I'm a dick. Oh, that I'm too. I'm a pedal dick. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, let's move on um, to our next segment. So this segment is probably my favorite segment. Um, it is called That Tone You Own. And each week, whenever I've got a guest on here, I'd like to ask them to bring along a tone of theirs that they consider to be their signature sound or just a tone that they're really enjoying at the minute from their setup. Uh, so Andrew has sent me this clip of him playing and we're going to have a little listen to it right now. I'll input the track and everyone's ears will be blown away like oh my god <laughs> we'll see about that <laughs> so there it is you've all heard it I'm sure you've gone back and listened to it again uh, because it sounds so good and like you were saying in the last question about like that subtle little bit of overdrive that's always on it just it just makes it sound so much more full and more interesting and I can hear that it's, it's on that clip and it sounds so good. So let's uh, break that clip down. So starting off with the bass, I'm guessing that's the Seric? It 100% is the Seric. I, I thought it would be cool to bring the, the, the GNL in because you and I both got, you know, the... the I thought you were going to say the Glary. the same. <laughs> the Glary, no. <laughs> but yeah, you and I both got uh, the, those GNL bases at the same time. Be like, ooh, that yeah. maybe that would be fun. But I was like, hmm. I, I just love my Seric to death. I, I want to show that off. So this is actually the uh, bridge pickup on the Seric. Oh, really? Nice. For those of you who don't know what it looks like, uh, the Seric has two pickups that are right next to each other, more or less in like the P-Base position. 
Mm-hmm. So you can make a Mac like a humbucker or get both uh, pickups individually. And so for this particular clip, I did the uh, bridge pickup by itself. It's got a little bit more like high mid snarl in it. Kind of gives you gets you almost into like Rickenbacker territory just a little bit. Yeah. So it's just yeah. it's just like has this nice little high mids clarity in it that I, I yeah, quite like. Like you say, like that hum, humbucker kind of sound. It's not like a big ceramic, big magnet pickup like in a music man you'd expect. It's like right. it's almost like gives you like mini humbucker yeah. sound or vibe, doesn't it? Um, mm-hmm. And you can hear that in there. It sounds so good. Uh, talk about those pickups. Is there much? Uh, you said they're so close together. Is there yeah. much difference in the two sounds between them? Pretty dramatically. It's it's surprising. I, I think that is something that people don't really think about when when you're talking about bass tone is mm-hmm. where the pickup is because you can have the exact same pickup and just you just move it like an eighth or and a quarter of an inch and it sounds different. And yeah. it maybe just because you know bassists are are like really in tune with those like little subtle things, but like the bridge pickup sounds just like a like a P bass. But then you switch to the the bridge pickup. Did I say that backwards? Neck pickup is P bass, <laughs> yeah. and then bridge pickup it just has a little bit more snarl. It's like less low mids and more high mids, and they're they're right next to each other. They're like Serex in house, like Serex singles is what they call them. They're single coil pickups. Yeah. But yeah, just just one right next to the other, they they sound pretty dramatically different. Yeah, that's really cool. And there was a question that was actually asked that I didn't include this week. I was going to, um, but then I didn't. So sorry if you're listening and this was your question. Um, I guess we're kind of, kind of going to answer it anyway, um, <laughs> which was about like, um, you know, oh, it does a P bass sound the same as a PJ bass, you know, if you're just using the P bass pickup. And, uh, you know, the answer was going to be, it just totally depends on the position of the P bass pickup. Because some PJ basses are like, they're really far away or it's really close to the neck. Um, on some like weird ones, but then majority of them are just peas in the middle, and then you've got this bridge pickup as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's all dependent on on that position, how dramatic of a difference that can make. Um, that's why I'm really interested to play a double a double P bass, like with the two P bass oh, pickups, yeah. because yeah. I w- I want to hear what that sounds, what that amazing sounding pickup sounds like in the bridge position. Yeah, um, I feel like they. Somebody, somebody needs to bring back the the grabber idea. But, the that's exactly pickup. what was going through my head as you were yeah. talking about that. Then, yes, they really do. Um, I wonder. I bet it's got some kind of massive copyright uh, thing on it from Gibson. They, they tend to like their lawsuits. <laughs> um, well, and it's so funny though because when I've I've seen people like mess around with the the grabber and they pull that pickup around, it doesn't seem like it makes as big of a difference on that bass, which mm. is weird because. In reality, it, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, I, I, that's why I'd be interested if they did a modern one with like a more modern pickup. How we would hear that difference a bit more? I don't know. I don't know if that would make any difference. But but Gibson, basically, s- come on, just just give it to us, just for <laughs> once, give the people what they want. <laughs> yeah, for um, real. So going back to your tone. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's the signal chain from there? You going straight into the VT? Uh no, I'm actually just going straight into my audio interface, and oh, all of the all of the tone shaping is happening in Amplitude. Oh, nice! <laughs> so cool. the I because uh, I, I build tones for like the How to Sound Like series that I, I do. I need to get back on it. I'm working on one. So great series. Um, but the tone that I built for my Mike Dirt video, so it's the Green Day sound. So if you put a stick a P bass into it and like 
you know, hammer on it with a pick, you, you get that classic like pop punk sound, right? The really grindy mm-hmm. in your face sort of P bass sound. What I found is that that sound is just what I want to sound like. And it, <laughs> it like mellows out when you play finger style. And then it just sounds like, Ooh, that's really nice. And you yeah. would never believe that that's just free software. Like, yeah, that's just all the tools they give you for free with amplitude. That's so so it's basically cool. just like a, a fender basement into like a one fifteen base cabinet. And, that's it. No effects on huh. it at all. No compression, no overdrive, just the amp in the, in the cabinet. Wow. So, so when I was like, yeah, that's a bit of overdrive on there. It sounds great. You're like, there's nothing. <laughs> it's just the amp. It's just well, the I suppose amp it's, you know, it's, it's still quite driven sounding. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But it sounds great. And that, it, that subtle bit of distortion is why I quite like having often two overdrives or distortions in my uh, setup so that I can have that nice subtle sound a completely clean sound and then like a balls to the wall sound. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. And all free. So guys, go and, yeah. go and check out Amplitude and go and check out all of those sounds like videos because there's loads of great tips in there. Um, and I see you've been using that Mike Dern uh, um, Amplitude kind of setup on in your GNL video. Yeah. Um, I watched the other day and yeah, sounded great and sounded good with that bass. So nice one. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. It's, it's awesome. And, uh, Thank you. Do you, uh, quickly actually? Do you do you often use that in all of your videos then, or are you mostly using uh, almost all stuff? of my videos, unless I like say otherwise, are that one preset and amplitude. It's nice. It just well, sounds good on everything. <laughs> yeah, and and because it's so accessible and free to people, it's right. I hate it when people would like demo a cheap bass through like some boutique amp or the other way around, like that this really expensive thing through terrible app you know you've got to kind of match it up or have something that everybody can get yeah uh, that well, is consistent and yeah that that's something that i've really appreciated about a uh, um will lobster stuff he he has just a very accessible normal amp that he they uses and it doesn't matter like what bases he's using he puts the same strings on everything that dude is just absurdly consistent and i i don't know i feel like he's just building this amazing repository that's going to be really, really useful for years to come. Like he's doing yeah. some amazing work over there. Oh, absolutely. And it's just this like bank of knowledge and it's, it's almost like its own forum, isn't it? Where like yeah. everybody's commenting down below and documenting all of these bases that aren't always conventional bases or like mm-hmm. um, some of the things are quite niche in terms of like these types of strings, this type of pickup, these mods on it, but it's the things people want to know and are interested in. So yeah, you know, it's, it's amazing and uh and i love him it's brilliant yeah yeah his uh um his episode on on this podcast was a lot of fun yeah absolutely i think it was one of the longest ones we did and we could have gone on for like hours more because oh yeah so passionate and like it just just lives and breathes it and it's you know amazing and got a lot of respect for that man slash lobster Mm -hmm. (laughs) what a water boy um so Let's move on to our next segment. So this is the last segment of the show. I can't believe how quickly we've got around to it. Um, <laughs> and it is the big base debate. And the big base debate is put together. It's just a question someone's asked. Um, and this one uh, comes from Stuart on Instagram, who has asked, uh, 
What is your? Oh, for flipping it! I'll get this right next time. <laughs> don't. Just talk amongst yourself. Hey, Great base up... bait. Take three. Hey, make up your own one if you want. That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> Do what you want. Okay. Uh, it is the big days to oh, fuck my life. <laughs> This this is literally what it's like filming a video in my <laughs> for me because it's like oh god damn it right okay I'll just leave all the mistakes in and with this I can't leave the mistakes in well, maybe I will who knows sidebar I I actually love your editing style like <laughs> I feel like that just humanizes the whole thing so much and it's just it's just so hilarious I love it like uh, I I always like you. okay this is not this is not clean and professional we gotta cut all that shit out. But no, but you just like embrace it. And I, I love that. It's so that's fun. the thing. Like you're on your videos. I was um, watching a few today, actually, uh, just uh, to refresh my memory of, of a few things in your videos that I remember. And uh, I was like, ah, oh, it's he's so good at like single takes of just talking and making a lot of sense. <laughs> and nope, <laughs> it's very heavily edited. <laughs> um but like mine is like yeah it's like <laughs> it's like one word cut one word cut <laughs> because i just you know i i don't because i don't plan anything i just set it up and go oh yeah me look at turning around and looking at the base and going uh so the strings on this, the, the neck is, you know, I, I do that. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. That, that's but me yeah. too, except I'm looking at a script because I, I write almost everything out word for word when I do stuff. Oh, and then well, you know, I try and perform me. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Whereas uh, I just make it up as I go. <laughs> yeah. um, so the big base debate this week comes from Stuart on Instagram, who has asked, what is your least favorite bass from a brand that you love? So this isn't guilty pleasures. This is like the opposite of a guilty pleasure, I suppose. It is a innocent. What's the opposite of a pleasure? Um, in, in innocent aggravation. An innocent uh, aggravation. Beautiful. Right? So this is, is our, the opposite? I don't know. It is now. This is the innocent <laughs> aggravations of the base world where we like the brand, say like Fender. I love Fender. Fender great, but I hate the jazz bass. You know, that's not mine. That's not mine, by the way. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like you can't. There's nothing I hate from Fender. No. Um, so um, I've written down a few of mine that I could think of. And I had to do a bit of looking up as well because I thought like, oh, what, what brands do I actually like love and think? Um, and I had a look through their catalog, their current lineup, and thought like, oh yeah, I don't really, don't really like those. But then that maybe just speaks for the diversity of their lineup. Um, I'll go first. My first one is um, we speak about Music Man earlier. I flipping love a Stingray. I am impartial to a Sterling, as in the the base body shape, the Sterling, not mm-hmm. the brand. Um, don't mind a Sterling. The Bongo, no, Hideous. not for me. Yeah, not for me. Uh, and and thinking about as well, the the Big Al. Again, not for me. Um, <laughs> I actually I... dig the Big Al. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's fine. I can kind of, I like, the, I don't mind the Big Al guitars so much. Sorry, I said the word guitar again. Um, but back to the bongo, it's just a big toilet seat. And I cannot get on board with it. And there'll be people typing and, and giving me death threats now because they'll love the bongo. Because people love the bongo. Hell, they um, do. But, There's a weird bongo cult out there. 
Yeah, the bloody bongo players. They're, they're just loving <laughs> it. And so uh, I, uh, I don't know. It's it's just, and it comes back to that aesthetic thing. It could be the best sounding bass, best playing bass in the world, but I don't want to be seen dead with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Uh, on the bongo, here's a question for you: Does the bongo do something that uh, a double H stingray wouldn't? Not that I'm aware of. Isn't it basically of... the, the same pickups and preamp and everything? Well, I think so. Now, now we're looking like real chumps. If it's not, I mean, um, but I know the Sterling has a bit is a bit different in the way that his electronics are because you've got like a selector switch to go between like the. Uh, different parts of the pickup but no yeah. i don't as far as i'm aware the bongo is just a straight up hh just a different body and shape and yeah it's just ghastly <laughs> it's really just doesn't do anything i'm really glad you agree yeah <laughs> it's yeah. Been real awkward <laughs> well even well, even if i did disagree like i mean people like fine. stuff people hate stuff that's fine that is yeah, fine I, let I, honestly people, everyone let people do their thing yeah, and this is nothing against people that play bongos, except you're all wrongans. So <laughs> it's fine. Um, the Omnific you know, is typing furiously right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can hear them from feel them from here. Um, oh, but, and they can type fast. I, oh my, <laughs> they're so quick to dislike that video as well. This is going to be the worst performing one yet. Yeah. Um, jokes aside, yeah, like like what you like. Honestly, like we should have mm-hmm. said this at top of, of this. The question because it's going to piss a lot of people off and yeah. I'm, you know like what you like there'll be things that i love that you'll hate and there, there's people that comment on my videos and I'm like don't play with a pick and all this and i'm like well that's my whole thing so uh, you know, the pick thing drives me so crazy like there yeah. there's so much historical precedence for it 100 like, percent. paul mccartney chris squire these guys were like at the forefront of of electric bass as an instrument they used the pick yeah. So don't tell me it's like not supposed to be on a bass. I know. And there are just certain things and tonalities you cannot get out of your fingers that uh that present with a with a pick. And mm-hmm. there are certain genres of mu- music that it's prolific to have a pick. You know, you need yeah. it um to get the certain sound and or style, you know, that you're after. Or if you're doing like big chugs or um lots of breakdowns really tight with the guitars. Sometimes at the end, these people are playing a pick because that's how they're getting that articulation. I'm yeah. sure there'll be people again that say, well, you, if you practice enough, you can get that with your fingers. But then it comes back to tonality and that yeah. grindy, um, driven sound, like we were saying. Um, but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, but bases that from brands we love that we just don't okay. like. Have you yeah. got one? Uh, you know, the first one that sprang to mind, you know, being, being the Sarek fanboy that I am now, um, I don't like the Sacramento. Oh, it's his, wow. it's his, um, I think it was one of the first bases that he ever designed, but it, um, it's a semi hollow. So it's got like a chambered upper, the upper part of it is chambered and it's kind of his little, uh, love letter to like a 4,001, like a Rickenbacker. Yeah. I don't dig it. Not for nah, you. No, I like everything else in his lineup, but I just I just have never gotten along with the Sacramento. And that's super obscure. I'm, I'm sure only like a small percentage of people listening to this even have heard of Sarek before today. But like, yeah. Oh, they're <laughs> in for a day. They're in for a day, you know. <laughs> Go to their Instagram and just scroll through. It's 
it's a thing to behold. Those guitars are so cool. Well, guitars and basses. They're basses. They don't. He, the, I think he's made one guitar. Word, I know. You have to, <laughs> yeah. Can you bleep out every time you say guitar? <laughs> that would be funny. Absolutely. But we need a word that's got like ing on the end, so then it just sounds uh... like we're being naughty, naughty boys. Um. Yeah. I honestly, I had to do a quick Google then to remind myself of what these things look like. And mm-hmm. yeah, no, I know. I I do agree. Um, there, I think with these bases, cause I was like, oh, they don't look too bad. Oh, oh, actually, oh, no. Um, there's some angles that I'm like, yeah, no, I don't mind that. And then they'll see another one. I'm like, oh, no, that's, that's real bad. Um, so yeah, I, I have to agree with you on that. Uh, mm-hmm. how many different body shapes do Serk do? I think they just do five cause they have the Lincoln, which is what I've got. The Sacramento, which is kind of a Rickenbacker thing. Mm-hmm. And then they have Midwestern, which is a short scale. And then he's got a Midwestern 2, which is basically the same thing, but with a higher cut out of the lower horn. So you can get up to the top part of the fretboard a little easier. It's got an Armitage, which is one that I've been kind of looking at. I want a five string version of that one. <laughs> oh, six, uh, the Grand, which is his short scale with a built in fuzz circuit. Flip an egg. Didn't know yeah. that was a thing. Nice. Yeah, they're they're neat. He only he doesn't do those uh, made to order. He does a big batch of them and then sells them off. Sure. So you actually okay. can't order that one. Interesting. Couple up on Reverb though, if you wanted to check that out. Nice. But they're very. Well, sounds expensive. really cool. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I'm bloody bet. <laughs> probably, yeah. They're probably more used <laughs> the older ones than than they are bloody getting one new. Yeah. Um, well, and they seem to hold their value. They're still gonna run you like twenty five hundred. Yeah, is, it's, it's a, very, a lot. People keep telling it's a, me it's it's worth it though, right? And I'm like, I I don't know. <laughs> I, <actually laughs> I, don't. I love this bass to death, but I I mean that's a lot of money. That you know that you said it yourself. You know you are an owner and a lover of this bass, but you you still admit that. And I think that is like honesty at its best. That there will be people out there that will be like, it can be nothing but nineteen. Uh, 70s or 60s p bass made in japan you know made in america it has to be this and you're like well no like and i'm still not sure if it's worth it that doesn't mean i don't love it yeah yeah, yeah. i think that is i think you're spot on there mate um so another bass from a brand that now this is a bit of a loose connection i suppose because i don't love this brand because they neglect us a lot but i i do dig them a lot and i do really want one eventually one day and that's gibson Mm. Um, because I love the grabber, I love the ripper, I love a thunderbird. Um, I hate the SG. Um, SG bass, not for me. Yep, not for me. I I'd don't agree with that. Like the sound at all. Um, just I don't know those those humbuckers or the pickups that are on there, the different configurations you can get, never do anything for me. Um, regardless of whether it's uh, an Epiphone, actually, you know, or straight up to the crazy expensive Gibsons, um, they just sound always sound awful to me. <laughs> I'm pretty sorry. I 100% agree. And at this point, I, I don't think Gibson basses can be salvaged. I've I've racked my brain on this. Like, I've given this a lot of thought. I was going to make a whole video on, like, this is what I would do to fix Gibson. And everything that I came up with either was something that they had already tried or something that just would not suit their brand at all. Like wow. I, I cannot figure out how to fix Gibson. Like it's, it's like... a tricky one because they kind of in this weird position where they try to innovate and do something new, and people go, "Nah, uh, uh, we don't like this. This is so mm-hmm. wrong." 
or and then if they just bring out the same thing again they're like no we want something new like you can't and fender kind of starting to slip into the same lane where they can't please everyone um and then you almost piss everyone off at the same time um well, the, the benefit but, that Fender has is they they have a big enough market share that they can afford to experiment a little bit. Like the, yeah. the Player Plus ones where they're, I think they're just strictly active bases, which is kind of unusual for Fender. But they can afford to to do that kind of stuff. If Gibson does something kind of weird and then it like totally flops, that hurts a lot and it discourages them from doing stuff in the future. Yeah, and especially when they've got like a whole, like Fender have got a whole range of price points from like based on where they're made you know made in mexico stuff made in japan stuff made in america stuff and then uh, squire aside you know we'll kind of squ- treat squire and epiphone in the same camp um but i don't know they've 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 just got this whole much wider catalog and it seems that they're more free to do whatever they want and they bring out loads of exclusives which i love like lots of different um uh like exclusive colors uh, for different shops and stuff like they bring out shell pink versions of things, which, you know, I'm still irking for a shell pink P base. Because you've got the Mustang, right? Yep. I love that yeah. thing. It's so yeah. cute. <laughs> <laughs> it, it suits it perfectly, that color. And, oh, uh, it's yeah. so great. And like, like, you don't see many other brands doing anything like that or being able to afford to do that because they just mm-hmm. won't sell. Um, yeah. And they're like just Gibson has, in the toilet. Gibson has barely any any color selections for i think that there's only four different bases that you can get from gibson right now it's like the sg the thunderbird the reverse thunderbird and then they have like their um short scale like les paul single oh, coil yeah i played one of those um and i didn't like it oh see and, and i tried to go into a guitar center and i tried out the um it was this beautiful candy apple red reverse thunderbird and i thought that looks cool as hell and then i picked it up and i'm like oh no I didn't even like put it on my lap to play. I just like took it off the hook and I was like, oh no, this is a $2,300 bass. And it feels like this. Yeah. And it was like, oh no, do they not, do they not play these before they ship them out? Like, I know. Because when I got my Sarek, I've not done a single adjustment to it. I pulled that out of the box, let it acclimate. And it's been perfect ever since. That is what I would expect from any bass that's approaching 2K. So Gibson, if you're out there, Please let somebody sit at the end of your factory conveyor belt and just put the base on the lap and be like, nope, this one doesn't play good. And then fix it before you ship it out. Yeah, your brand is not enough anymore to just be like, oh, right. that's a Gibson. And this is good, right? This is good. Just stop trying to convince people that that is good because it's not. And yeah, and that's what I feel like about um, just SGs as well. We haven't even spoken about the look. Like, I just... It's just no good for me. I, I love it's, an SG guitar. Don't get It's me one wrong. of those weird things, right? Why would it be different? It looks killer as a guitar. Like yeah. the Angus Young thing, cool. Yeah, I put really bigger strings want. on it. Mm. And a long neck. Same with the Les Paul. Like yeah. Les Paul, the version of um, the Gibson Les Paul bass that they've done before, looks terrible. But Gretsch do the short scale, which is on my wall behind me, and it looks phenomenal. I it's, almost bought one of those. Ah, oh, they're so cool. They're, they're really, really good, good. Mm. and they're so cheap. I know, crazy cheap, criminal cheap. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm. I was. I was. I know you've got the the player Mustang, but I had a bit of a lemon, I think, with mine, and I preferred this like base that was like half the price over it. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, and 
killer and it's so funny isn't it how this just the scale of things can just change our perception of it completely like it just looks yeah. just doesn't look right the other way around uh, it's kind of like if if you just see a left-handed base i think left-handed bases look so weird it's like seeing yeah. somebody walking around with their shirt inside out or something it just, just <laughs> that's not how it's supposed to be like like wait I mean, and no shade on left-handed wait. players but i just i don't know maybe it's just uncomfortable because i'm not used to looking at them or something but i think left-handed bases look terrible <laughs> yeah yeah it, it just looks like it's in a mirror or something and i don't like looking in a mirror that's no scary enough Ugh. jesus yeah so Look um at this <laughs> I, I wrote down a third one um which is kind of one that i just discovered today really because i thought right what band what brand do i actually like really love and i was like i love Schecter. i think Schecter great um so i went on Schecter's website and there are bases on there that i think look phenomenal and I, and I love and i know are just top quality um but then i'm i'm more into the classic looks and the more traditional shapes and colors and i like it when it's a bit wackier sometimes but they've they've got a base on there at the minute that's the the riot and it's too curvy metally looking it's not like a bc rich or anything like that but it's not like a pointy warlock but it's curvy where it shouldn't be on the horn the burst is like this horrible color yeah it's just not for me that was one mm-hmm. that i thought of i'm like yeah I, I really really like that brand but not for me that but I put it at the bottom of the pile because it's not really a traditional shape that they keep doing, I suppose, like a bongo yeah. or an SG. Um, so, yeah, that was that was my list. Have you got any more that you wanted to add on to that? Um, nothing I, I can think of. Schecter, Schecter is a funny brand to me, though. I can never shake the association with, like, new metal whenever I think yeah. about Schecter. Oh. Even though they make plenty of just, like, very classic-looking bases. They look really yeah. nice. I just can't think of, like... Well, if you pick that up, you're going to have to play a Limp Bizkit song. <laughs> yeah, and that's the, and if you look through the catalog now, that is the majority of the things. Like there is a lot of like metally looking basses or ones that are quite all quite similar, quite all double humbucking, big active preamps. You know, there's a lot of that going on there. Um, but my, I think it's like my third, third one, two, three, fourth ever bass was a Schecter Model T, which is a oh, yeah. um, a PJ configuration quarter pounders seymour duncan's in there and man that thing was phenomenal i like the the more traditional side of Schecter, i absolutely love and i had a jazz bass from them last year which was really really nice as well another one i regret selling actually that's that's been a key thing of this year lots of regrets (laughs) that's the that's the whole thing with with music is that it's very exploratory. You have to experiment. You, you develop your, your own taste and your preferences. And the only way to do that is to just try stuff out. Like whenever I see some, you know, should I, should I try these strings? Or like, what do you guys think of this? I don't know. Buy it, buy it and try it out. Like nobody's going to know if you like it for you. Like, yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. But, and, and I get a lot of um, comments of like, Oh, well, uh, shall I get a P or P bass or shall I get a jazz bass? And I'm like, I can't make that decision for you. Like I, I have my preferences, but that was different last year. My preferences, it'll be different next year. Mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you what you're going to like. And you might like one thing forever. That's going to be completely different to me. So that's the beauty of it. That's why I love it. That's why I feel like I'm not all that knowledgeable, but I can still have a, an opinion that's totally valid because it's my opinion. I like it. Well, you, all... you've had your, your hands on a lot of gear. Like, I think that, that that says a lot. 
I mean, you you've tried a lot of stuff out. You've 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 spun some knobs, and you you know what you know what the knobs do, and and like that that hey. experimentation, you develop your your taste. And, it, Abs- your taste and my taste for so knobs important. is that, yeah. And my taste for knobs has never been better. You know? <laughs> <laughs> please, um, please make a knobs T-shirt. I will be first in line <laughs> to buy a knobs T-shirt. I, honestly, like. I really need to get on that because that would be <laughs> phenomenal. I, I'm sure there's like so many other. If I just put out a poll of like, what should I put? But there'd be like all these things that I do in videos that I didn't even realize. And people are like, yeah, that. I'm like, oh, oh no, I've I've carved this brand for myself. <laughs> I can't backpedal away from now. Oh yeah, you you don't get to choose what you're famous for, which is unfortunate because I am famous for hating acoustic bass. <laughs> I, you know, I, ne- I nearly, because so, like sometimes I'll make the big debate, big, oh, God's sake, the big base debate a I'm question, sure. or sometimes I'll just like it'll be a topic. And I was mm-hmm. so tempted to make it acoustic bass related, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> um, I thought, no, he's probably, he's probably had enough of that. <laughs> if, if I've you guys... said just about all there is to say about it at this point. <laughs> it's trodden ground. If you guys want to uh, hear, about this man's love for acoustic bass. <laughs> uh, love, oh wait, love's a very strong word actually. Um, mm-hmm. About uh, yes. acoustic basses, and and I have to say that I do share do share your opinion. Um, not for me. Yeah. Uh, that, that that's I think that's the key phrase when it comes to all musical instruments. Not all musical instruments. I mean, like all music opinions, yeah. or you just that's what we've got to say. Not for me. Yep. And it's fine if it's for you, but it's not for me. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Um, so yeah, go go and check out all of all of Andrew's stuff on YouTube. It's phenomenal work, and uh, I always look forward to an upload when it comes out, mate. It's Aww. so good. Oh, nice stop at you. Oh, well, that's, you know, I only speak the truth. We only speak truths on this podcast. You know, that's right. <laughs> um, so that that brings us to the end. We've got <gasps> here so fast. Um, Andrew, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I hope that you'll come back in the future if you had a fun time. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Perfect. And I hope that everybody at home would welcome you back. Um, leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube or send one of us a DM on Instagram or something like that. You know, let us know that you've listened to this and how you found it, um, etc. If it's if it's if it's nice things, of course. If it's not nice things, then keep it. Oh, to- I don't know, Johnny. I kind of <laughs> live for the hate these days. <laughs> I, well, I had one the other day that was just like they made a comment about I have a, I have a little mole here right by, by oh, my eyebrow yeah, and I, I okay I've been on the internet for a long time it wasn't until this year that I started getting comments about that well that's you've made it obviously well, I, I can't I can't pay attention to this guy because this big mole in his forehead I'm like what I'm like. <laughs> I can't say I can't pay attention to your comment because of your personality. Yeah, <laughs> so damn disagreeable. Come yeah, oh my, my comment section. But I, I don't know. I just think it's funny at this point, and so I, I, I'll, I love taking the hate comments and then I'll put them up on my my Instagram oh. and be like, look at this fucking guy. Yeah, I, I, I love doing that as well. Sometimes when I get one, I'm just like, it's, it's real. It's just a real personal dig. Nothing mm. to do with the video, and you're like, oh, here we go, nice. Yep. And I just, I just reply with the most sarcastic thing I can think of. Or just like be like extra over nice to them just to make them look like a dickhead. Oh, I'll, I'll just pin their comment. Like, <laughs> you, you want you want to be an asshole to me? You, you, you're going to have to deal with everybody who likes me. Have fun with that. <laughs> Let me unleash my horde of fans onto you. <laughs> That's Perfect. the alpha move right there. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Let the minions do the work. <laughs> oh, I love that, man. I love it. So, yeah, speaking of Instagram and all that jazz, uh, Andrew, do you want to tell the people where they can find you? Yes. So on YouTube, if you can find me, your best bet is just type in acoustic bass and I'll probably be the, the first video there. <laughs> the angriest Inst- looking thumbnail. <laughs> yeah. On Instagram, AMP, the bass player. And yeah, that's that's where I live. Instagram and YouTube these days. Amazing. I dabble yeah. in TikTok, but it's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that down yet. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, I, I like to think that most of our well, most of the people commenting on my videos anyway are like way older than me. Oh, um, in 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 that realm, yeah, I think so. But uh, you know, there seem to be people that have the the biggest, loudest voices and opinions, maybe. <laughs> but you know, we're I, all welcome. I, I do feel like the vast majority of traffic on YouTube is not for people who are like genuinely curious about the answer to a question, but like you know, people have been playing bass for a long time and they're just there to fact check you. They just want to make sure that you're not spreading misinformation. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta watch this video about, about this, uh, Squire affinity bass. Make sure he doesn't, doesn't miss, misspeak because you know, I'll be here. Okay. But yep, then, yep. He said the know, right I, thing there. Yep. I, I can confirm that. <laughs> Normally it's like, if I say it's really good, they're like, excuse me. Huh, what? How, how dare you say that something cheap is good. <laughs> That's why people like my channel, because it's cheap. Um, Cool. Well, thank you so much once again, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, Mm -hmm. like I said, we'll have to do this again sometime. Uh, Leave us a review. Smash that subscribe button. All that jazz. I really need to write an outro for this podcast. It's just like, Eh. yeah, uh, well, I can't remember to do this, do that. Yeah. uh, Your your reward for getting to this point of it is is to hear just... Whatever, whatever comes off the top of Johnny's head, he's freestyling. Oh. <laughs> this is no, it's just perfect. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Cool. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.